Hello, my name is Nick Spasic, and you're listening to From and Inspired by, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we speak with legendary rock drummer Carmine Appis about his work in the heavy metal horror film Black Roses. Ten years ago, on May 16, 2010, famed metal vocalist Ronnie James Dio died from cancer. In the intervening decade, there have been myriad tributes to the departed singer, including a hologram tour featuring original members of his band. For the 10th anniversary of his passing, the band Appis, featuring legendary drummers and brothers Carmine Appis and Vinnie Appis, put together a lockdown tribute to Ronnie James Dio featuring their song Monsters and Heroes, originally recorded for their 2017 album Sinister. I spoke with Carmine Appis, who's drummed for everyone, including Vanilla Fudge, Cactus, Rod Stewart, Jeff Beck, and Ozzy Osbourne, about his relationship with Dio, as well as how the tribute video came to be, and also managed to sneak in a discussion regarding Appis's involvement in the seminal 1988 heavy metal horror film, Black Roses. <laughs> Thanks so much for taking time to talk to me. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Um, okay. What is your history with Ronnie James Dio? Well, I know him from uh, probably 1977, 76. Uh, he was in just joining Rainbow, and I was asked to join Rainbow. At that time, he was also, before that, he was playing with Elf, and they were touring with Deep Purple, and, and uh, I was living in L.A., and they were playing L.A., and, and I, met, uh, I met Lonnie in the Rainbow Bar and Grill. And I think I went to the Deep Purple gig and saw them play and saw Ronnie, and I met him back then. And then, you know, we just knew each other casually uh, through that era. And then uh, when my brother started playing with him with Black Sabbath, I got to know him more. And when he got playing with Dio, I got to really know him because... Uh, Ronnie was in L.A. living at the time, and uh, so, so was I and my brother and my whole family. So uh, Ronnie used to come to a lot of our family occasions and vice versa. But he didn't have any family there, but he'd have parties. And, uh, and, and I'd see him all over, and my brother's playing with him. 
<clears throat> so I seen him at our family gatherings. He was like our fourth brother, pretty much. Um, so, you know, it, it grew all the way to the end of his life. And uh, when he was in the hospital dying, we, we, we were in there with him and uh, went to the funeral. You know, so it's been a, you know, no, I've known him for a long time. When he passed away in 2010, you know, I've known him for like 30, 32 years, something like that. Well, that's incredible. I, I had assumed that because of your work with him and your brother's work with him that it was a professional relationship, but I'm very surprised and um, to, to hear that it was so deep and, and personal. Was was that what made it, it so important to record this uh, tribute that came out last week? Yeah, and you know, we, we, we did this tribute. It just started as a song and Vinny said, you know, called me, said, why don't we do one of these lockdown videos? You know, and we've been calling it the Hollywood Squares, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and you know, so I said, yeah, it's a good idea. What song? He said, let's do Monsters and Heroes. So I said, that's a good choice. Said, that was the biggest one on our uh, so our album a couple of years ago. So um, then he called back and said, you know, we want to do this as a kind of a special thing, you know? I said, well, what do you think? He said, well, you know, it's Ronnie's um, anniversary of his passing in two weeks. Maybe we could t- do a tribute to Ronnie and make it a tribute. I said, that's a great idea. So let's do that. Then the video has a purpose rather than just, here's our video like everybody else is doing. So I said, if we're going to do that, then we should hire a PR guy and get, you know, a bunch of press on it. This way, you know, we we'll do the press and release the video, do the press a little bit, and then you know, and then that's it. We're not trying to sell anything. We were just trying to, you know, make a point that you know, it's been 10 years for Ronnie's passing and and do a tribute to his legacy, you know, and do the interviews and talk about him. And, and by having more people listen, more people read the lyrics, more people see it, gonna, more people are going to have Ronnie D, James Dio's 10-year anniversary on their mind. Rather than if we didn't do it, and probably you'd hardly hear about it. You know? That 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 makes a, a lot of sense. Now, um, in, in terms of like what, like how, what brought? Um, oh, I'm trying to think of a good good way to phrase this in terms of everyone that what brought all all of you together specifically for for this group of musicians in addition to um you and your brother well basically when Vinny called uh, he said let's use our drum was touring band to do this because that band has played this song every show since the album came out two years ago and we've done a bunch of shows we did Europe, we've done all over the world, really, with it. And I said, yeah, it's a good idea. So, you know, so we got Audie Dillon, our guitarist, James Caputo, the bass player, plays with us, and he also plays with me in Cactus, and Jim Crean, our singer. So we contacted them, and they all agreed they'd like to do it. So then we started putting it together, you know, and then and then once we, me and Vinny came up with the idea of doing these interviews, and uh, Harrod friend of mine John Lappin to uh, to go out and you know see what he can do and he was overwhelmed he was very surprised at the reaction he didn't expect to get so overwhelmed with it that we had to go into a second week of interviews 
So we're in our second week, and we're going to stop on on Friday. It's going to be the last day to do this. This way, it was like we did it a week before, released the video, and a week after, and then that's it. What I find really fascinating is that you are no stranger to like putting together bands. Like you seem to have this unique ability to like pull folks together to perform music. Uh, like how how has that sort of come to be? Oh, well, I don't know. I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, when it's time to, you know, a band is done and you say, okay, well, what are we going to do next? You know, so then, you, you, you you know, you come up with an idea and you, and you do it, you know. I mean, I've done that my whole career, you know, when we we were ready to break up Vanilla Fudge, me and Tim, you know, knew that Jeff Beck wanted to play with us, so we called him, you know. And we had played with him in a, and a co-commercial that we did with Vanilla Fudge and our, our guitar player got sick and Jeff filled in. You know, so we called him and it was, he, he couldn't work. He had a car wreck and couldn't do it. So then we got uh, Jim McCarty. We called him because he was another great guitar player. You know, so it's just like that kind of thing. You know, when you know something's going to happen. And when I, when I was out of Rod Stewart, I remember Ted Nugent told me when you want to play a when you're done playing this wimpy rock and you want to play a man's rock, give me a call. <laughs> you know? So I did that, and I played with Ted for a year. You know, So it's just a matter of uh, having an idea and going after it to make it, you know, see it blossom, you know? One of the one of the most fascinating aspects of your career is that you pulled together a band for a horror movie called Black Roses, and oh my god, oh my god, not many people know about that one. Well, and I think Fine, that's wild. What I think what what I've always been curious about is like I've heard the stories about how you were the one who brought the band together, but like that's all I know. Do you? Do you have like the story of like how you got involved with that movie, or like, and how you pulled well, together I, those I, players? I mean, I really didn't do much to bring the band together on that. Uh, pretty much, uh, the, the band that was in the movie was put together by the uh, director and producers of the movie. But this guy Elliot, I forgot his last name. You know, he he was the uh, the music director in the movie, and he. He was hiring different people. So he hired me and uh, and Mark Free, who was in King Cobra, to play on some of the tracks. And uh, and then I gave him a King Cobra three track called "Take It Off," put in there. When when all the music was done, he called me and said, "Look, you want to be in the movie? You know, you can play the drummer." And I, I played a funny name is Vinny, like my brother Vinny Apache, because <laughs> that was another funny pronunciation of my name that Joe Morello great jazz drummer used to call me because I used to do a lot of uh, educational things with him through uh, Ludwig Drum Company. You know, so was Vinny Apache was my name in that movie. And, uh, you know, and I, I flew up to Canada and I did it and uh, it was a lot of fun. And the, the other guy who was in it who was unknown then was uh, Vinny Pastore who played uh, Big Pussy on The Sopranos. Yes, that's his first movie. He was in the movie. That was his very first movie he ever did. Well, that's that's only like one of the the few films or TV shows you've been in 
which I find kind of surprising that like folks like you have a very distinct look. I would think that like they would find ways to put you in, in the background of at least something. Well, uh, you mean in other movies besides that one, right? Yeah, working on a, a, a thing right now with uh, it, it has to do with Cactus, my band Cactus, and you know our lead singer uh, Rusty Day. After we version of he got machine gunned to death with him and his son, and and uh, so we have we I've been in contact with a guy that been living that story. He would that house and it wasn't there that night otherwise he'd be dead and he's been researching it and finding out what happened and it ended up to ban- a band member of Rusty's the guy that, that killed Rusty and and then he he commits suicide himself you know so we have a, a guy that does movies for Netflix is is uh, trying to put together like a, 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 a drama series sort of like that uh Tiger King thing, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. With, a, with a script because it, you know, involves the, the band, you know, the, the emergence of the band and the band getting, you know, up to the point. And me and Tim left and joined Jeff Beck, and then Rusty went on and ended up getting murdered. And then the guy that murdered him killed himself. It's a crazy story. Oh my you know? God. Yeah, that is. So, so who knows? So who knows if we'll be in that or not? But uh, I know there's a new uh, band that just covered the song Evil and. He put the whole Cactus Band in their new their new video that's just coming out. I think it's coming out tomorrow, actually. You know, so but you know, I've been in uh, I think I've, I've been in some other movie things. Uh, I can't remember which ones I've been in. You know, like uh, Nash Bridges, I was in that with uh, Clarence Clemens. And I've done some of that, and yeah, you know, I've done a few little things here and there, but uh, I can't even remember some of them. <laughs> Just a little, <laughs> but yeah, you know it's it's cool. It'd be nice to do that. It'd be nice if somebody does a documentary of my life, which is pretty crazy. It is, or, like... or a story, or a movie. You know, like the Gene Krupa story was for me. It was so inspiring to see that movie. Gene Krupa was my idol. You know, I think it would be fantastic to see the. The, the movie, uh, the biopic version of you sitting on stage while a um, crazy rubber monster runs around <laughs> fighting, a, right. fighting, fighting an English teacher. It's funny because, you know, I played the monster at the end of that Black Roses movie. I have a picture of that. And that picture left such a heavy impression on my daughter when she was, you know, she was probably 12 years old and... And now, what she does for a living is special effects makeup, and does makes monsters for movies, you know, and all different kinds of makeup effects. And uh, it started from her looking at that picture of me in Black Roses that we used to keep in the house, you know. So, so, so I, I enjoyed doing it. it was, uh, I, I definitely got to see what actors go through to make a movie, and it, it wasn't pleasant. I gotta say, a lot of boring. Very boring, a lot. And when we shot it up in Iowa, Iowa uh, Ottawa, we had this this breastplate that was made of uh, you know some sort of plastic. It was so hot between the ma- the makeup and the breastplate you had to wear. They had to have uh, fans lift the breastplate up and have fans blowing under us to keep us cool. And I said, "Man, is this what the actors go through? This is awful, awful." You know. <laughs> so I didn't like it. 
Well, I would, sitting around. I would imagine it's probably a little bit better to be able to just play in your your jeans and t-shirt on stage. Well, I mean, we we have stage clothes, but you know, not jeans and t-shirt, but we have stage clothes. But you know, at least you're playing. But even when you do your own videos, like when we did Blue Murder video, they were a very expensive video. A lot of sitting around. You know, there's a lot. There was scripted kind of stuff, and you know, a lot of sitting around. They did the Bark at the Moon with Ozzy. A lot of sitting around. It took Ozzy six hours to put his makeup on, you know, to become the werewolf. You know, and uh, just a lot of sitting around, boring. You know, even when you're doing your, your videos, you know. But this video was probably that we did with with for Ronnie was the easiest video because I I taped it in my house here, in, in our house. In the drum room, uh, high ceilings, had a couple of mattresses next to it because we we're actually getting ready to move to Florida. So I had the mattresses next to it because uh, it was an echoey room. And I filmed it directly on my iPhone with the audio and the video, you know, in like one take. So that was the easiest video I've ever done. <laughs> well, that just seemed, it, it turned out really, really well, and um, it sounds really good. I'm, I'm surprised that was recorded on an iPhone. Well, just my part was on the iPhone. I'm the only one that didn't have a studio. Everyone else had a little studio in their house. My brother Vinny has it, and singer you know, Jim, and uh, bass player James, he's got one. Artie, Artie Dillon, the uh, guitar player, has a full studio where he, he edited you know, mixed the audio sound. He took my sound off the video and put it into his Pro Tools and made it sound better and mixed it with Vinny's sound and put the guitar, bass, drums, and vocal together, mixed it. And then he edited the video. But So the track had a lot of energy. And the way he edited the video kept the energy of the track moving because the video wasn't just a camera on each guy. He's changed the scenes, you know, and the screens. Sometimes there'd be five people on screen, then three, then two, then one, then, then five, then four, you know, depending on the accents of the song and what was going on. Like if I was doing a fill, the camera would be on me and Vinny. Then you see me doing the fill, Vinny points over to me, and I do a fill, then it comes back with the full. It was very exciting. I kept the energy of the, of the song going. And, I, and by looking at this, I said, man, we should do more promotion videos like this because they're easy to do they're cheaper you know and you get to see the band playing and and you could do more videos like that if you do an album like we're doing a new cactus album i'm thinking of maybe doing for the price of one video that you'd pay to do one song you could probably do five songs <laughs> this way you know and you could and you can catch the band live and you could also Put up scenes that you can mix up with the band, you know, whatever the song's about. Like the, well, we have a song called Tightrope, so we could put the band playing. We could put scenes in of people on tightropes, and you know, and just funny, funny things with tightropes and whatever the lyrics are talking about, and put them up. Maybe put some lyrics up on the video, you know, and and just do it like that and make it really easy, you know. Absolutely. So. Well, I, I hope I yeah, hope. So if, if nothing else from this virus thing, we learned how to do that. Absolutely. Well, Carmine, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me. I do appreciate it, and I, again, I apologize for for being late. Okay, no problem, man. Enjoy. Okay, bro. You too. Have a good rest of your day.
Thanks to Carmine Appis for talking with me. His website is carmineappis.net, and you can follow him on Twitter at carmineappis1. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromandinspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at FromInspiredPod, and can be found on Instagram at FromAndInspiredBy. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please click those follow and subscribe buttons. Also, please hit up the website and click on the Aid and Assistance button to help pay for web hosting, long-distance fees, and other stuff. Uh, And remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We'll be back in two weeks talking with composer Joseph Trapanese about his work on the scores for films like Disney's live-action remake of Lady and the Tramp, as well as his collaborations with electronic artists M83 and Daft Punk. Until then, thanks for listening. Let's be down there for the rest